My pals, let me tell you about the bad food Bible. Here is some advice you're not used to hearing. It's okay to eat red meat several times a week. Don't be afraid of salt. Have a drink or two. Enjoy that gluten-loaded bagel. The bad food Bible, my friends. How and why to eat sinfully may seem too good to be true, but many so-called bad ingredients aren't actually unhealthy at all. My hungry homies, get out there. The Bad Food Bible available wherever books are sold. Pick up your copy today. Quick word from our good friends at Hotel Tonight. Let me tell you, my podcast pals, about this amazing hotel booking app. Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight is an app that helps you find amazing hotel deals at the last minute. Perfect for a spontaneous getaway or indulging in a little staycation. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe. Or if you are the type that likes to plan ahead and have things locked down, you can actually book a room in advance with the hotel tonight. Of course, up to seven days in advance everywhere and up to 100 days in advance in certain major cities. Whether you need a room for tonight, tomorrow, or beyond, you definitely want to download the Hotel Tonight app. What are you waiting for? Get in on these killer last-minute deals and download the Hotel Tonight app now. All right, all right, all right, my hungry homies, my taste buds, we have done it. Here we are yet again. Welcome back to another edition of House of Cards, part of the Rigor Podcast Network. This is, as you know, my friends, a food podcast for the hungry people, by the hungry people, and I am, as always, your hungry host, Joe House. Uh, We have... As usual, an outstanding food news with Juliet Littman. An incredible journey from Japan with fried chicken soap, possibly, to Australia, allegedly hangover-free alcohol, and then back to the good old United States of America because Taco Bell is blowing us French fries. But first, our old pal, our very first guest here on the House of Carbs, Adam Rappaport, editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit is on to help us. It is November, perhaps my favorite food month of the year. Adam's coming on to help us not only with some early Thanksgiving guidance, some thoughts on how to prepare for your Thanksgiving meal, but we're also talking the trials and tribulations of the holiday party because the holiday party season, the holiday office party season is upon us, and we all could use a reminder of the do's and don'ts. So let's get into that belly with my boy, Rappo4, Adam Rappaport. All right, my taste buds, my hungry homies, coming to you plausibly live at Chatter Bar and Restaurant, the corner of Wisconsin Avenue Northwest and Jennifer Street Northwest in the capital of these United States of America, inside the district line. That means we are here in the nation's capital, capital of the world, some would say. You got a couple of native D.C. sons in the house doing it here, Chocolate City style. My old, old, old pal and homie, 
Adam Rappaport. Now, look, Adam, before you start talking, we have to say uh, the very first ever guest on House of Carbs. I, you know I had to have you back. Um, I appreciate very much you coming down here to the DMV, the, the place where it all got started. How you doing? I'm good, man, and I feel more relaxed this time. I was nervous the first time. I was nervous the first time. Two nervous guys. I can also say I literally grew up on Jennifer Street. I grew up three blocks from here. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about this used to be a place called Chadwick's, and then it was Chad's, and now it's Chatter's. It's changed hands a couple times but, but that, along the years. But, but, but the name is pretty much the only thing that's changed. That's a fact. That's a fact. <laughs> it's still like 1983 in here. It's got that vibe. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about our own experiences just for a couple minutes here with the old the old Chadwick's. You grew up on Jennifer Street, so you have some some uh, moments with this joint. I had some as I, I became of age. It was more in my high school, early 20s that I I started to have Chadwick's land on my map. But let's talk experiences first. Well, so Chadwick's was always a little little fancy for me as a, as a kid. We would go across the street to Bowie Monger. Yeah. Which is like the, how would you describe, kind of a 1970s sandwich shop. And it's still there. And you could go there late night after a few drinks. That's uh, it. But my dad used to come to Chatter, then Chadwick's, uh, with our next-door neighbor, Ralph Moyo, and a couple other guys. And this was like their guys' lunch place. After they all had retired, they used to work downtown on K Street and all that stuff. And then when they got a little older, they're like, you know, let's just walk up the block to, to Chadwick's and, well, ha- and have our lunch. And it still works. If you look outside right now, it's a beautiful day to, here in the DMV. Um, you've got a lot of, of distinguished uh, gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, out enjoying the beautiful fall weather. Uh, including none other than co-owner of the Chatter uh, restaurant establishment chain, Gary Williams, is in the house today. Or outside the house, I guess I should say. And and for those uh, food fans out there who are not sports fans, that would be former University of Maryland basketball coach, national champion. National champion, Gary Williams. I thought you were joking when you said he was outside, but like, no, no, he's right there. (laughs) I I see Gary. He's just hanging out. It's how it goes down when you're here at the Chatter, right? This is how it all goes down. Now, look. Rappo, I had to have you on at this moment. It's a crucial moment because the seasons are changing, even though it's 80 degrees outside today (laughs) here in D.C. The seasons are changing. You came on in July with a hot summer recipe. Yeah. And we we got a lot of fantastic feedback from the hungry people on uh, the the caprese uh, offering – that you tendered and it, it we 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 spread it out. It could have been a fig caprese salad. It could have been a a, a traditional tomato caprese, peach, the peach caprese, and we got tons of, of great feedback. So that's one of the things we're going to cover today. But the main thing that I want to make sure we hit. So we're at at this very moment on the brink of my very favorite time of year, my very favorite eating time of year, and so I am of the view that November could very well be the very best food month on the calendar. It's like when it all starts to come together. Because what's interesting in the summertime, it's almost like the cooking is not cooking because the ingredients are so good. Like Caprese salad. Oh, you just need a little olive oil and sea salt. And like that's it. And like tomato, a peach, whatever you're eating. Maybe you throw some corn in the water, maybe maybe a lobster. But you're doing so little. Fall, though, now it's just like putting the short ribs in the Dutch oven. Now we're talking. Getting, you know, reducing that red wine, yes. getting my mashed potatoes going. Yes. It's like, oh, it's on now. It's yeah. we are cooking. Cooks can cook, and we have. I mean, it's, it's like shit. when you. It's like when you come home on a Sunday, 
and like someone's been cooking for like three hours, yes. you're like, oh man, this house smells yes. good. It's chili season. It's soup <clears throat> season. Yes. There's a slow cooker. There's a low cooker. Things, yes. things are happening. And I, one of the things I love most, and, and tell me if you agree with this, it's the rise of the great meats. The great meats are all back. Yeah, it's meat season. It is meat season. You know, I mean, not that summer's not meat season. No, but I know you, Halsey, you're one of those, you've been telling me, oh, you like to eat fish. Like, you like your fish in the summertime. You You try to eat lean and light. November is not lean and light time, man. That's what I mean. This is where it is the moment we are transporting ourselves into the wonder, the mo- the most wonderful next sixty days of eating. And this yeah. is why I love November. This is like when you start growing your playoff beard. You're like, all right, game on. And it really starts October the thirty first. Octo- it, it does seem like God intended for Halloween to be <laughs> the gateway moment into this great season. All right, kids, here you go. This is your time, kiddos. It's like the midnight madness of the food world. You got it. <laughs> it's like, it's on. You said it. That's <laughs> it. We got the kids all out. We work them over. They collect bags and bags of candy. Those A lot of that candy stashed away. Daddy has to help, oh, uh, yeah. you know. So we have a stash that begins on November the 1st and really carries through until about November the 7th, honestly, in my household. That's <laughs> as long as it lasts. But it could be there for longer, if that made sense. You got to throw a, a, f- a few mini Snickers in the freezer. Yes. Oh, my God. A lot it, you you said Snickers. I got. I like Three Musketeers. I like oh, a cold dude, three no. Musketeers. Oh, dude, amateur move. Amateur. What are you what? talking about? It's what? nougat. What? No. What's wrong with cold nougat? No, because because Snickers has the nougat and the caramel and the peanuts. I'm like familiar. The three Musketeers is like the the depression era version of Snickers. Like uh, uh, we can't. Uh, no, can't. It's, uh, the, it's a the radi- peanuts. The peanuts are too much. We can't. We can't. We got to. We got to scale back. We got to downsize. It's a radically different experience. It's a different experience altogether, Rappo. But that's fine. Look, we'll have you on for next year's <laughs> amateur Halloween. Move. Halloween. Amateur move. We'll talk Halloween candy next year. You can come on. I had a couple of hot takes with a couple of my hot mamas inside the Ringer Universe, Mallory Rubin and Juliet Littman, and we conquered a bunch of candy. But you can come on next year. I will base on well, – I have opinions. I'm basically anything in the Reese's camp I'm a loyalist to. Okay, that's 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 fine. That's yeah. a very easy position to adopt, and nobody's going to argue with you. All right, let's talk savory stuff. Yeah, so look, here before look, Thanksgiving is going to be its own thing. You and I are going to start yeah. talking about guidelines for Thanksgiving, rules for Thanksgiving, ways to think about Thanksgiving. That's a conversation we're about to start, but not right now. Because no. what I think is is uh equally enticing and equally important is that November the 1st also marks the onset, the official arrival of holiday office party season. Mm. And I think we should sort of lay out some, at this early stage, before people can get themselves in trouble, uh, both eating-wise and, most importantly, drinking-wise, let's get out a little bit of guidelines out there for the hungry people and the thirsty people on the right way to tackle your holiday office. Because it's right around the corner. Uh, I'm a big office party fan. <clears throat> and as the, the editor-in-chief of Bon Appetit, like, I expect my staff to go all in. Like, if you're the person who comes to work at, like, 9 a.m. the next morning, I'm like, dude, really? Like, you're, you're not getting points. You're getting points deducted for being, like, the guy who is responsible, getting to work on time. Like, no, I want you to go hard. It's the one day a year where you're expected to go all in. So help me understand what happens at a place like BA. Okay. So, so a lot of, like, the, expect, the bar is so high in terms of the food and, and the drink. Yeah, so you, you, we, we have between the edit side and the ad side, and we get both people together, the business and, and, and creative, uh, yeah. probably about 100 people or so. Uh, we want to pick a fun space. That's really important. Uh, you want good lighting, good music. You want drunk dancing. Like, mm. Let's just be honest. Yeah, sure. 
And then it's like, all right, we need good food. So the question is, either we're going to bring food in from the outside or we're going to choose a good restaurant. There was, a, there was an issue a couple of years ago where we did this great restaurant, El Quixote, on 23rd Street in Manhattan. Old school, old, old school Spanish joint in the right. Chelsea Hotel. All right. Coolest place imaginable. The food, a little desired. Left a little desired. So I was hitting it hard at the bar. I was having a good old time. Next thing you know, it's 11.30 p.m., mm. and you've been there since 6.45 p.m., and mm. I haven't eaten anything. Uh-oh. And I was just like, I got to go. <laughs> Fortunately, you were in New York City. <laughs> well, I was. So I, I'm like, I'm walking down 23rd Street, and I'm like, I'm going to Popeye's. Yeah, sure. I'm going to Popeye's. <laughs> That's get, what we do. Get myself some biscuits, maybe. I don't know if the chicken tenders. I like the bone-in better because the bone-in at Popeye's has a skin on it, and the skin imparts a flavor that the tenders don't have. So my kid likes the tenders, I like the bone-in. I like them both, but I understand both points of view. Dude, it was closed. <gasps> I was like, <laughs> I was like 8th Avenue. I'm choking. Hold on. I need some water. I can't believe it. So it was like 8th Avenue and 23rd Street. I'm like, what? Popeye's closed at 1130 in New York City. So I was like, oh, no. So I kind of weaving down the sidewalk, and there's this place, Lucky Burger, which is perfectly good kind of smash burger sort of place. And I'm like... I need a cheeseburger. I need a fries. I get home to my kitchen table, which fortunately was like two blocks away. And I'm just sitting there by myself at midnight <laughs> with all sorts of different, like they got all the different flavored mayonnaises there. They're like the, the lucky sauce, of this sauce. And I'm like dipping the burger, dipping the fries. Of course. And then I just pass out on the sofa. So here's two, two things for you. Uh, why not a slice? You're in New York City. Is, is there no slice in that neck of the woods? Not close enough. No, there is right next door to Lucky Burger, Pizza on 23. And yeah. I, sometimes you just like, you need something. You, you just, you're like, a slice is not, a slice is like an appetizer, Joe. Oh. A slice is not a meal. Okay. Well, a slice, you, you could get more than one. I know, but it's a slice is like a tie. I've you been over. known. <laughs> Maybe a sausage slice. A sausage yeah, slice right. is satisfying. I don't. One sausage, one pepperoni, one plain, one veggie. Joe, did I mention that I was at the bar from like 6, 6.45 to 11.30? Four slices. I, I was not thinking that straight, Okay, perhaps. okay, okay. Well, you get found yourself into a perfectly wonderful and satisfactory right, burger but joint. Seriously, but seriously, as far as office parties, in all seriousness, like, I don't be the amateur. First of all, it's an office party. It's not a sit-down dinner. You see these people who load up on the plates of food, sit down at a table. I'm like, dude, what do you know? That's like, what I wanted to tackle with you. So this is why I'm interested in this from the BA perspective. Yeah, so this is not a, this is not Thanksgiving dinner. Don't load up your plate and sit down for dinner. It's like you're at a party. You're there to socialize. You're okay. there to drink. Okay. You're there to dance. That said, be sure to eat something as you go. Yeah, early. So you're not weaving down 23rd Street looking for Popeyes. And you want that something to be delicious too, right? Yes. I mean, it should be special. I am kind of um, curious, why not any internal cooking? I have been fortunate enough to be uh, inside the Bon Appetit headquarters, world headquarters. I've seen the kitchens. Yeah. Why not just a few spinoffs that, that come out of there? You know, we do that sometimes. So we have this beautiful test kitchen on yeah. the 35th floor of World Trade Center. Um <clears throat> We will do that for some parties, but this is like the holiday party. You don't want to make the staff work for – it's their party. They've got the day off. They've okay. got the night okay. off. So okay. we don't want to put them to work. So that's that's the basic reason for that. All right. That's fine. Yeah. I, can, I can live with that. Uh, and I just think like, A, there, there, there should be drinking. There yeah. should be dancing. Yeah, okay. Get on the dance floor. And Singing? If, is and karaoke if, a if, part? If there is karaoke, don't be one of those persons like, oh, I don't do karaoke. Yes, everyone does karaoke. Everybody it's does the it. holiday party. Okay. And like, you're supposed to look like an idiot. That's right. the point of the holiday party. Okay. Well, I wondered, you so know. You got me all worked up, man. I was just curious at the outset what the, the kind of uh, approach was 
from a, a place like Bon Appetit to the whether it is a sit down dinner thing because like in smaller settings I like a dinner I like a holiday dinner where you sit down you order basically the whole menu you get seven <laughs> bottles of wine and it's a a dinner thing as opposed to the dancing and everything else but I understand a bigger yeah but place. that's but that's called a holiday dinner okay okay that's different than the office party all right well oh wait 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 do do you do both. Um, BA doesn't do both. You might yeah. have your own little crew that you do that with. Yeah, so I'll, I'll do that with like some old friends and stuff. A lot of times you go to a certain like steak restaurant or yeah, whatever and get your, yeah. get, get, your, get your crew together. Right. And I like that. And, that, and you and could do nice. that. That could be your professional crew too. It could be a few BA. I do that a lot of times with some old, some guys I used to work with at GQ for okay, years. And, sure. and we get together at Pietro's uh, Italian Steakhouse on oh, East yeah. 43rd. You've turned me on to that. Yeah. The chicken parm at Pietro's. Mm. Mother effort. Best in town. What are we talking about? Best in town. Yeah. Uh, okay. All right. I think we've, yeah. we've, we've solved the holiday yeah. party. I think we got a lot of good um, yeah. insight. And I out like there. I like what, what I prefer. Finally, bite-sized things that you don't need a knife and fork with. So like mini fried chicken sandwiches, yeah. those sort of things you can pick up and on the go. Little like sort of any sort of empanada sort of thing for sure. Like, like I said, it's a party. It's not a dinner, Joe. Okay, all yeah. right, that that works. I'm 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 on board with all of it. All right. The the we're, we've done enough with the amuse bouche and the, <laughs> Whoa, and, the and the appetizer. Let's get hit the main course here. It is November, which means it's already time to start talking about. There's never t- enough time. We cut it to started this conversation in October. I, it's it's November. This is going to go up on November the seventh. It's time to start talking about Thanksgiving planning. Yeah. Um, let's say this goes up November the seventh, and you are a person who is hosting. And you have, you know, uh, eight to twelve people coming over to your house. What is happening at your house on 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 November the seventh? You should be thinking about making stock. Stock, you okay. Got, whether it's turkey stock or chicken stock, you, that is that is the the key the, the key ingredient to a great Thanksgiving meal. Because like you're going to need your turkey stock for homemade gravy. Yes. You know what's great about stuffing? It's crispy on top and moist in the middle. That's true. You'd be shocked about how much stock you need to pour into those those bread shards and sausage and everything to get that that stuffing really moist and uh, butter too. Well, wait, wait. Before we, I want to quick. Uh, are you a stuffing in the bird or stuffing outside the bird kind of? You know, I grew up, my mom would always make some of the stuffing in the bird, and she would do old-fashioned stuffing with, like, Pepper's Farm breadcrumbs and Jimmy Dean sausage, and then she would make a separate casserole, because there's never enough just in the bird. I know it's fallen out of fashion in terms of, like, oh, it's not safe to do it in the bird, doesn't cook through. I never got sick growing up. Me but, either. I've been only been doing it for, for 45 yeah. years. The one, the one thing you don't get when it's in the bird— <clears throat> The one thing you don't get when it's in the bird is that crispy top. Yeah, right. That's got to come from the oven. That's yeah. got to come from you so know, I, I fire. So I like the way Maxine Rapport did it. She had like both options. She had the in the bird option, and then she had the casserole option. Oh, but I mean, you definitely taste the difference. Uh-huh. It's, it's not the same. And you do you, you don't use the stock in the version that goes inside the bird? Do no, you? because so much of those bird that's drippings what I mean. are that's soaking what I'm it up. Yeah. That's, that's why I stopped you. Okay, uh, I interrupted though. You were on. Uh, yeah, no. Know. So, so make make a lot of stock. What I like to do, you can make it ahead of time. You pour it into like gallon Ziploc bags, zip them up, put them mm. in the freezer so they can lie flat. Uh, but you're going to need that for gravy. You're going to need it for stuffing. You're going to need it to maybe re-moisten the mashed potatoes that have been sitting there for three hours before you serve them. All right. Uh, Help All me. sorts of things. I'm an enthusiastic cook, but pr- probably not anything anybody would uh, mistake for an expert cook. 
in the in making a stock, what are we talking about? Are we taking bones and throwing them in a pot? I mean, basically, yeah. So you either got a bunch of chicken bones and parts, wings and whatnot. You can get you can buy turkey wings and all this stuff at the, at the market. Yes, weeks ahead of time. Yes, of course. What some people like to do is brown them in the oven first to mm. sort of impart some color and flavor. Mm. Throw that in a pot with a bunch of carrots, onions, celery, fill it up with some water. How about some spices? What's any spices in people, the stock? People generally like to keep the stock neutral. Neutral. So that way you can flavor. It, it doesn't sort of bully whatever dish you're pouring it into. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you want to let it simmer on the stove for low until it gets that nice sort of amber color. Mm-hmm. Cool it down. Strain it. And once it's fully cool, like I said, pour in the bags or pour it in like little core containers, stuff it in the in the freezer, and you're good to go three weeks later. And that, okay, so uh, let's fast forward to two days before Thanksgiving. Does it come out of the freezer to defrost at that moment? Is that when we're, the stock's ready? Sure. Or the same, yeah, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't the same, take long. It doesn't take long for yeah. it to defrost. But you know, what, you know what you're doing the day before Thanksgiving, Joe? Drinking? Well, yes. Playing golf? That, what? <laughs> Yes. I'm doing both You're of those two for two. You're also setting the table. Oh, whoa, whoa. Get all that stuff out of the way. Like, you want to make sure you have, like, you're like, oh, wait, we have 12 people coming over. We only have nine wine glasses. Because, like, we had 10, but then House broke one. I did. But you, there's all those sorts of things. Like, make sure you have everything. Also, get all the platters out. Like, do you have enough serving platters? Do you have enough serving spoons? Because, like, everyone always calls and asks, oh, what can I bring? And you're like, you know what? Can you bring a big bowl for the mashed potatoes? Because... I just realized we don't have one. So, uh-huh. so you got to do all those, all that logistical stuff. This you mapping. Yeah, you don't want to worry about, do you have enough chairs? I don't know if you have enough chairs, Joe. I probably don't. No. Well, you know, we have benches at my house. We get some benches. We bring benches from all over. I'm a big bench guy. Bench guy, yeah. Yeah. Uh, this stage of life, I can't, there are not enough benches in, in my life. <laughs> it goes back to, you know, we can go all the way back to Back my, when you used to sit on the bench I was sitting in high school. on the bench, exactly. <laughs> that, that It harkens back. Um Okay, look, I didn't mean to hijack from November the 7th no, all, all right. the way up to November the 22nd. In between those those two crucial do- oh, well, dates. Also, have you ordered your turkey yet? That's hugely important. Well, so let's, let's talk about that. Uh, it, ordering versus going to your local butcher versus going to your Whole Foods. What's, what's the, a couple what's of things. the preferred right. if approach? You, if you're going to go to a butcher, just call and or say, hey, I have like a place, uh, Florence Meat Market in, in New York. I go to a lot. I call Maria. I'm saying, hey, I want a 14-pound bird. I'll pick it up on Tuesday. Um, before Thanksgiving. If you're going to do the frozen uh, grocery store bird, like the traditional butterball bird, yeah, you better give yourself time for that thing to defrost uh-huh. because that takes days. Right, right, So you right. can't buy one on Wednesday and think it's going to be defrosted by Thursday. So buy it over that weekend prior, let it gradually come to temperature in, the, in your fridge. Got it. Okay, good. Uh, and then in terms of the types of birds, like a good organic bird, if, if you're going that whole sort of uh, free-rangey, wild turkey, like that, is it, whatever they whatever they call it. But that's a different, like the heritage breed, like that's a different type of bird, smaller breast meat, more sort of muscular. That's going to be a different taste. I want to have uh, asked this question. I want to know, um, as you've grown of age and, and uh, you know, in, embarked on your own traditions, Inside your household, is there ever any additional meat to accompany the turkey? Is there <clears throat> is there another meat that makes an appearance on the Rappaport okay. platform? I, I don't want people to hate me, but like, look, no one. <laughs> people who say they love turkey, no one loves turkey. Yeah. All right, so it's like stop. So don't even like give me like, oh my god, I love turkey. Like you might like a turkey sandwich. I do. You like the gravy that the turkey comes from. But That's no, true. But no one loves a piece of white meat turkey. Just no. So in the past, when I would go to my neighbors down here, the Moyo boys in D.C., I would always bring a ham, a scored, nice. smoked, bone-in ham, Wonderful. glazed. Yes. Mm. Flavorful. And, oh, my God. Yeah. But then last year, I had this revelation. I was like, you know what? 
I've read about this in Bon Appetit. I'm going to braise the legs and thighs from the turkey. So Wait, 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 wait. Ho, ho, ho. Yeah. I'm going to interrupt you. You you took the dark portions, all the delicious dark meat. <laughs> well, not I, but the butcher did. Somebody did this. So I said, Maria, can you separate it for us? She's like, we'll take the breasts off, and I'm going to take the legs and thighs off. And she goes, sure, we'll take the breasts off. We can roll them up with a little prosciutto mm. and herbs, oh. tie it into like a roll, oh. wrap it in bacon. Uh-huh. I'm like, okay, well, that sounds good. So yes. that's, And that's the white meat. Yeah, right, right. So that's how you impart flavor <laughs> yeah, on that white. Exactly. So I meanwhile, I got the legs and thighs, and I'm just going to treat them like I would treat any braised meat, whether it's short ribs or or lamb shanks, or whatever. Majestically, browned it in a pot on a big cruise, like Dutch Ooh. oven. Took oh. it out, threw in a bunch of carrots, onions, celery, all that stuff. Got that nice and caramelized. Put it back. Put the meat back in the pot. Little wine, little turkey stock. Stock. Lit on in the oven for three hours. Three hours. Took okay. it off. Just bubbly and Ooh. like fall apart tender. And I had these little Cipollini onions in there. Mm. Then I hit it with the broiler. Oh, mm. wait a minute. Yes. Hold up. Always hit it. Anything you braise, always hit it with the broiler at the end. Because that's going to give you that little crispy, shellacked crunchiness on top. Took it out. Let it cool for a bit. And then shredded the meat up like turkey carnitas. Oh, my goodness. Put it on a platter. Ladled that jus all over it. These big Cipollini onions all glazed and falling apart tender. You put that on the middle of the table, and like, like heads were, I mean, it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, no, that that was, I, I, I don't know where to start. I have seven different questions and seven different angles to come at this. Uh, in the very first place, because you you went five steps beyond where I would have been perfectly satisfied with with doling it out. Here you go, my peoples. We we already expressed the love and care in this dish by putting it into the Dutch oven, by giving it the three hours, by separating it from the whiteness. We're going to give you this delicious dark. I'm going to take the, the Dutch oven and put it on the table and let it cool and let people serve themselves out of it. No, 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 no. No, no, no. No, 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 no. no. We're not Wait. savages. <laughs> so so the in the very first place, why the heavy heat? Why that hot heat? I know it, it imparts the shellac, but doesn't that also risk, uh, you know, Taking that tender no because it's been it's been cooking for so long okay. in there and it's, okay. it's there's so much moisture and liquid the, the, what I have done before I, yeah, I like to have a few drinks on Thanksgiving I've heard this yeah and you had a few drinks and you turned the broiler on and then ten <laughs> minutes later you're like oh I forgot I turned the broiler on it's too long <laughs> and you're running back there so if you're gonna turn the broiler on. Keep an eye on it. Yeah, keep make it make that an in between the drinks moment. Yeah, exactly. That and you can also when you have the broiler on, you can leave the oven door open and the light on, so yeah, visual. And reminder. you and then and then it comes out after the broil, and yeah. you let it rest and cool just a little bit, and then I'll shred it apart. So yeah, like take the bones out. But that means to to pro, to serve this properly, you have to start sometime in the morning because it needs you need three hours for it to braise. Yeah. You need a couple minutes for it to get the hot heat. Yeah. Then you then you need cool time for bit. it to cool, and then you need the the tear time. Yeah. So it's but anytime you do turkey, another thing is if you're doing a traditional whole roasted Norman Rockwell turkey, say fourteen to sixteen pounds, when you take that out of the oven, you've got to let that rest That's for, about, true. for a good half hour. That's right. At least depending yes. on how how big the bird is. So yeah. there's always that resting time, and you know, I, I, the one thing I think needs to be hot, hot. At the Thanksgiving table is yes. gravy. Okay. Everything else can be warm. Yeah. Because you pour that gravy over it, all of a sudden it's hot. Right. Yeah. Like but the potatoes, the stuffing, those are all fine. Nothing needs to be piping hot. And right. like you sh- your vegetable sides, everything should be perfectly yummy. 
at sort of room warm temperature. Yes. Okay. I got it. All right. Look, we got. Uh, I have another seventeen questions here. Okay, we all have to it. go through every one of them, but uh, let, let's let's conquer. Uh, a few of these guideposts. I don't want to give out rules, right? Because we're not Nazis. We don't. We don't. No, have, we're not food su- Nazis. Suggestions. We don't give out, yeah, we're making is, suggestions. These are guidelines. This yeah. is just you know helpful things to start thinking about now. November the seventh, as you plot your course over these next two glorious weeks. What time is dinner on Thanksgiving? Okay, I hate to be a Nazi about this, but like for, it's Thanksgiving dinner. It okay. is not Thanksgiving lunch. So those you people, those people, whoever you are who have dinner at two p.m. I just I'm like what? Nope. So I like I like to invite guests over around four p.m. for cocktail hour. Great, because it's still light out. Okay, wait a minute. Yeah, you said hour. Well, cocktail okay. Hour. So let's, I let's feel, go off in this quick tangent. I think cocktail hour should be at least one hour, but not more than two, because if it's then you're sitting down to the table. <laughs> Four o'clock to six o'clock <laughs> yeah, of cocktails not. on Thanksgiving, waiting for that glorious. But also a cocktail hour in many ways is the best part of Thanksgiving because everyone gets there. Everyone's excited. Happy. Everyone's happy. You haven't had the political arguments yet. That's right. There's not the weird family drama yet. Like That's like your, your go zone. That's your prime time. So okay. enjoy those moments. I like to say, I like to have some cocktails. You need something to eat, but you don't want too much to eat. And yeah. I, I that has always been a conundrum for me. Me, uh, me as well. My tradition, my family's tradition, I come from an Italian heritage on my mother's side. She makes an anapasta the night before every single Thanksgiving. And she serves that anapasta 12, 12 30, 1 o'clock. Most of the time, the tradition on my side of the thing, and we, we I have to ask Jason Gay about this. I play football. I still play football. I was I play just, football in the morning. So Jason is our mutual friend from Wall Street Journal Sports. He just I said, can you email me your original piece on the 37 Thanksgiving football rules? Yeah, like he, has, he has Thanksgiving football rules, Jason Gay. He's us. written five of those columns now. And, and they're they're all brilliant. Yeah. I think he's covered every angle. I, I You're still playing? I mean, if you shuffle up and down and you throw and you catch, that's called playing. I would, in my I would, world. I would be permanent. I would be permanent quarterback. No, I don't. I'm, you know, it's not like I'm running uh, the down and outs anymore. But just having this conversation, my my hammy, my hammy's getting tight right now. <laughs> it's a shuffle. It's a yeah. shuffle. I mean, it's it's just for, at this stage, it's really for the kids. So I know right, a couple of things. I do think you you need to get outside and do something active, whether that's going for a long walk, whether it's playing football. I there should be this. some activity during the day. Yes, that sort of gets your blood going. That's right. Second of all, don't forget to eat. A lot of people, like the, the cook especially, they wake up early, they're doing this, they're doing that. Next thing you know, it's 4 p.m., you haven't eaten, and someone's pouring you a martini. That's, that's, why, not- my, that, that's why Betty House's anapasta, made the night before with love, yeah. Italian meats and, and cheeses. You got to have some Olives, yeah. wonderful, so perfect for that. You want to lay a foundation. I like to eat, if, if dinner's at 6, eat a little, eat something decent at 12.30 or 1. That's you us, know? that's our target. Lay, lay a foundation. Yeah. Uh, so I think, yeah, that's important. Uh, and then... In terms of what people can bring, everyone's like, what can I bring? Yes. I like to tell them, bring a specific bottle of wine. Like, hey, we're bring a light red. So we're like a Pinot Noir, whether it's from Oregon mm. or Burgundy. Sure. I, I'm i a little bit controlling. <laughs> I'm like, I got dinner. I am making the food. I don't need seven pies at the table. I need one really good pie. Okay. You know, I don't need your weird sweet potato side dish. Um, we're doing mashed potatoes that are amazing. Pureed potatoes. Mm, got yeah, the stuffing. We got some Brussels sprouts. We got the turkey gravy. It's like I don't need 27 dishes on my table. Right. Like, that's just me. I like I like a, a well-orchestrated meal that makes sense together. Okay. So like six things on the Rappo table. Yeah, but six good things. Yeah. It's like quanti- quantity does should never – 
override quality. Sure. Okay. Um, how about kids? What are we doing with the kids? Kids. I am a firm believer that kids should be at the table. They should, you should go around and they should say grace. Also, they should say something they're thankful for. Yeah. Get them involved in the tradition. We like that moment, right? We like yeah. that, that what are you thankful for moment, right? It's kind of corny, but I do like going around the table. Yeah, and, me too. And this is a moment to reflect and to be thankful for the food you have. And it's been a tough year. I think for everyone in this country, from disasters to everything else, acknowledge that, be thankful. But as we, as someone said, I think our magazine, you know, kids are the third of a size of a grown adult. They should have to spend a third of the time at the table. That's, if you want to be hanging out for an hour and a half, eating and drinking, don't expect a nine year old to do that. That's no, not fair. No, my 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 kid is is whatever a third of a third of a third of a third is. Yeah. That's so how he's, much time he we'll gets get like nineteen minutes at max. That's you know? it, and that's fine for him. Yeah, that's he's, fine. He's content. He wants to get on to the next thing. Uh, one pie or more than one pie? Because yeah, I mean, you know, people are really adamant about pumpkin. <sighs> Listen, pumpkin pie is like the turkey of dessert. Do people who loves pumpkin pie really? It's kind of tasty. Exactly. You said it's kind of tasty. You, I like it. You have more love for a Mounds bar than you do pumpkin pie. Of course I do. <laughs> of course I do. Well, they're different things. Pumpkin pie is a great vehicle for vanilla ice cream. <laughs> no, whipped cream. Whipped cream. Both. Both well, of those are fine. All right, so when I was That's fine. When I was growing up, Maxine Rappaport, my mom, she would make a pumpkin chiffon pie. Okay. Which is when you oh, you well, whip now, there you go the pumpkin filling mixed with like whipped. Was I guess we had whipped egg whites and a little gelatin, so it gets all fluffy, and you put it on a graham cracker crust because mm. everyone loves a graham cracker mm. crust. It makes everything better. Yes. I myself am more of a pecan, chocolate pecan guy. Love it. So I think if you have two pies, that's good. The problem is like when you have that sort of five pie situation, you feel obliged to take a little sliver of each one. Because then you don't want to offend somebody, and well, next I, thing you know, you've got like. I wouldn't say I feel obliged. I mean, I do it for the love, but sure. Yeah, but I get but the what if they're not making. that good? Yeah, you know, like, oh, you got to eat it and find out one way or the other. <laughs> There's only one way to know. But they're gen- yeah. So I and- rhubarb, strawberry, pumpkin, you cherry. Not, you're not you're not eating a pumpkin strawberry pie in November's house. I just who knows where it came from. All right, but what I, what I will say, regardless of the type of pie, you have to make freshly whipped, whipped cream. Okay, so remember to put that metal bowl. In the freezer at some point, and then you're pouring like your pint or quart of of creaming cream, of heavy cream in there. Little uh, vanilla extract always. Hit a powder sugar. If you want to get some exercise, you can whip it by hand. Otherwise, get the beaters out. But you want that nice dollop of whipped cream uh-huh. on everything. Cuts oh, through the yeah. sweetness, brings a little richness. I think that's an imperative one. That's that's spectacular. Also, a little have a little break between dinner and dessert. I have to. You know, it's like you got to give yourself a moment, clear yeah. the table, yes. get a little of the dishes done, some of the heavy work, and then repair back to either the table. Or I, I like to take it in like the living room by the fireplace or something, a little well, change of setting. Okay, one thing we haven't talked about mm. at all, there's football on television right now. Yes. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a giant football day. It is. It's the be- one of the biggest and best football days. You have not met my wife. You have met my wife. Joe. I have I was, met yes. Simone. Yes. Yeah, so the Simone. lovely Simone. She she uh, she's not a huge football fan. Okay. So for her, and I imagine a lot of other households, it's like how prominent or not prominent does the television play in the Thanksgiving day? Sure. So in our house, we have like the TV room off to the side. Yeah. That's okay. Yeah. She does not want the TV going in the main room where like the table is and people are having cocktail hour. Right. I have a lot of my mom's side of the family is from uh, Wisconsin, from Milwaukee, uh, West Dallas. As Packer fans, it's a completely different. I mean, yeah, 
you're literally wearing your Packer jersey to the table well, wait. <laughs> in Wisconsin. Co- cocktail hour, you're allowed to watch football, right? You might be. <laughs> <laughs> I, ho- I mean, I, I you know, I understand. Like, once we get to dinner, that's that. That's yes. when the, the reverence – we all get, you know, it's time to genuflect for and, well, it and depends, reflect. But like some people want cocktail hour to be that social moment where everyone's sitting around talking and conversating, getting to see each other after oh, a year. Sure. And then, but then you in, might like be talking about football in in Wisconsin. You're doing that around the game. Yeah, I just lost two bets. This is what I'm talking about with my, with my brothers. I can't believe that I bet the effing Lions. They were getting seven and a half, and no, actually the Lions cover every have been covering lately. But you know what I'm. I know. Yeah, I'm yeah. So I, listen. I, that's the conversation. I, I, come on. I'm trying to be diplomatic and here, You're man. doing a great job. You're doing a great job. I'm going to let you off the hook here in a second because I think we've given out some outstanding guidance on Thanksgiving. Um, I want to make sure that we have a little bit of time to talk about this fall season. We're celebrating the fall season. Yes. November the 1st is the official, to me, transition date from, you know, end of there's no more summer, even though it's 80 degrees here in D.C., November the 3rd. Um we got a couple fantastic fall recipes uh, in in the upcoming issue of Bon Appetit and and on through this kind of fall into winter um, season. Let's talk about a couple recipes. All right, so we did a roast chicken primer, as we say, mm. in the October issue of Bon Appetit, mm. uh, and we, you know we met over roast chicken. You recall? Oh yeah, this. we'll talk about this. But yeah. you roasting chicken late yeah. night. So one thing which we did, which is really cool, you get like a twelve inch skillet and cast iron if you have it. You take a roast, a regular chicken, about four pounds, dry it, get it really dry because that moisture is the evil, the, the enemy of a crisp skin. Mm-hmm. Make it rain with the salt. That's it. Nothing more. Just salt. Salted well on all sides. And then on in the skillet, you you take a bunch of like Yukon gold potatoes, slice them up or russets really like into coins, and you sort of shingle the bottom of that skillet okay. when it's hot. It's hot. And, so the, and you put the chicken on top of it. So what happens is, as the chicken roasts, all the juices and chicken fat drip into this like shingled, tiled floor of potato. crispy potato sort of tiles. And you take that chicken out of the oven and it's golden brown and fragrant. And you've got like this just amazing sort of bed of crispy potato-ness underneath that chicken as your side dish ready to go. You can do the same thing with like fennel and carrots or, uh, or squash or whatever, but making the, the side dish in the chicken not in the chicken, but underneath the chicken as you go. I, I, uh, I can, I'm sure I'll be able to look at the recipe and yeah. figure this out. You slice it up. Is the is the um, skillet hot when the potatoes go in? So what is nice, you you got to be careful if you do that. But yeah, you can get the skillet hot and then well, and with a little oil. What's in recommended? There. Yeah, and then you lay the lay the sort of the you 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 arrange this mosaic uh-huh, of uh-huh, potato uh-huh. tiles. Yeah, the little room in the middle. You set the chicken in there, put it back in the oven for about sixty minutes, forty five depends how big the chicken is. And like I said, all that chicken fat and juice and everything sort of absorbed by the potatoes. I like to take the chicken out, put it back in the oven for a little bit to crisp up the potatoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's just like, oh, my God, so good. Like chicken fat potatoes, boom. Yeah, yeah. right. I'm in. I love that. Yeah. Okay, so that's one, that's now, one thing. Before we, we, we depart from the chicken, is there any preparation to the chicken? Because I talked about I, – but I got this from Bon Appetit mm-hmm. before you and I were, were mm-hmm. Bon Appetit pals. The brine, a buttermilk brine. Well – there's sorry. So you can do the buttermilk brine, soak it. Like if you're making like fried chicken, for instance, you often yeah, soak course, it in buttermilk. Maybe but throw I some mean hot for sauce the roasted chicken. So we were trying to find like the most best return on investment without kind of going overboard. Okay. And like salt is what you need. Okay. And as Thomas Keller pointed out on Epicurious some years back, like you just need that bird really dry. Like dry it off, 
salt it, and then dry it off again after a couple hours. It's just sitting in the fridge to get that moisture out of there. Um, so that that's my take on chicken. Another thing with chicken, I, I always let roast chicken rest for about 15, 20 minutes on a cutting board before you cut into it. It'll be scaldingly hot. Uh-huh. You want those juices to collect again inside. And just give it some time to rest. And as it's resting, you're setting the table, you're making the salad, do all those other little things. So you're doing a four-pound bird yeah. in a skillet what, at, for 60 minutes. What's the temperature? 450? So I think around there, somewhere around okay. there. Like okay. I said, so if you go to bonappetit.com, it's cast iron roast chicken. Bang. You can search for. Done. Okay. All right, another one. I, what I love, this is like an old recipe I used to do, broccoli bolognese. What? Yeah. Hold up. Crazy. Uh, so I'm not sure I want the no, you do. broccoli in Joe, my no, bolognese. No, you just got to go with me for a second. So All right. you boil some broccoli in heavily salted water that you're going to make your pasta in. Take Regular it out. broccoli? Regular broccoli, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, we're not okay. doing the broccoli raw, man. This All is right. like regular broccoli. Good. Take it out of the water and then chop it up real fine. Mm. Meanwhile, in another pan, you got a bunch of sweet Italian sausage taken out of its casing. Always. So it's crumbled up. It's simmering. and little, I like to buy it crumbled. Yeah, a little I bit of oil, maybe some garlic cloves in there. Oh. Fragrant. Boy, oh, boy. You take the whole all, house. Take all that chopped up broccoli, really fine. Yes. You dump it in that pan. Meanwhile, okay. you got your orecchetti going yes. in the big pot. Okay. Right before it's done, take a cup of pasta water, pour it into that pan with the bro- crumbled broccoli, the chopped up chopped up sausage, the crumbled broccoli. The pasta water is bringing it all together. Big knob of butter. starts to get creamy. You then strain the pasta, dump it in the pan. You're tossing and tossing and tossing. Pour it into a bowl, hit it with a bunch of grated Parmesan. That Parmesan absorbs, get all creamy. So you've got this creamy, buttery, cheesy sort of broccoli sausage bolognese, but without any tomato. It's, I, oh, it's delicious. Yeah, so I, you can hear me stumbling a little bit. Why the broccoli instead of the tomato? Where Because there's no acid in this. Well, there's cheese. No, no, I, that's not a criticism. It's not you, a criticism. I'm looking you, for guidance. Well, help, you don't help my palate. There's no acid. There's no ad, acid in fettuccine alfredo. That's true. Or, I know. Or, I'm trying to get or at carbonara. What kind of dish is this? So, when you say bolognese to me, my mind is, is filled with well, a rich and creamy, a wonder, like a big tomato taste. Yeah, but there's also there's also like white bolognese where you sure. use veal and, okay. and, and and chicken stock and white right. wine. So Got it's it. more similar to that. And yes. That it's like I said, it's a creamy and and the the broccoli sort of breaks down. And become soft and creamy with the sausage and the cheese and the butter and everything. I mean, I'm on board. I'm yeah. just looking for, for where to find it on my palate. That's all the only reason. Yes. I'm not skeptical. So it is, I just want to know where to does, put it. No tomato paste, no tomato canned tomatoes. Right. Word. Right, but speaking of which, can I hit you with one more? I'm, I'm, I'm here. Right, here so we are. We're, we're gonna, doing it. We're at Chatter. <laughs> we're going to run it back. So in the November issue, I did a little thing in my weeknight dinners. And I like to call this the off-season caprese. Mm-hmm. So we talked about back in June or so about, you know, beautiful in-season tomatoes or peaches. Well, like in November, December, you, you don't have that option. Right. What you can always get typically in the grocery store uh, are cherry tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you see them on the vine. Sometimes they're you know, grape tomatoes or whatever. Throw those on a roasting pan. Oil. Toss them all in olive oil. Bunch of cloves of garlic, maybe some fresh herbs like you know thyme or something. Mm-hmm. Roast them in the oven, you know, I don't know, 350, 400. So they start to get all like wilted and like caramelized yeah, and that yeah. sort of that juice. They start to you burst a little bit. The, you little see some seeds coming yeah, out. Yeah, and of it a couple. starts to mix with the olive oil, and you're like, mm, that smells good. Tomatoey, garlicky, olive oily, yes, thymey. Yes. Take it out of the oven, let it cool just a, a little bit. You you want it warm, not hot. Okay. And then meanwhile, you've got some fresh mozzarella that you tear up on a plate 
and you just pour those warm tomatoes and juices and olive oil and roasted garlic and thyme all over that mozzarella, those fresh mozzarella. And so it's not melting, but it is like warm and tender. You bring that to the table with some shards of crusty bread, maybe grilled up a little uh, bit. Yeah. Oh, man. Boy. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's like a more traditional caprese. That's a, that's what I think of. Not the, the cherry tomato part of it, but tomato and cheese together. Yeah. yeah. So just, but serve with that olive oil. But in the in the wintertime when you can't get good tomatoes. Yeah. Roasted, roasted cherry tomatoes. It's even nice to throw in a salad. But Whole it, nother it, level. It concentrates the flavor. It makes it a little sweeter. Oh, so yeah. you could take that combination, the roasted tomato, the mozz, and dump it over a, a bitter green. See, now because you're, you take now, this now crazy. Now you're cooking. Oh, now daddy. you're cooking, Joe House. Oh, my God. Pass of carbs. We're giving it out to the hungry people. That's unbelievable. I love it. That's a three for three. Again, Rappo, we've got... The fall winter season, I'm gonna call it kind of the shoulder season, this wonderful mm. entry period into this holiday endeavor. We're all about to embark on together. We've given out good guidance on how to behave at a holiday party, kinda. <laughs> and some wonderful turkey day guidance. Uh Rappo, we're gonna have you on we're in when it, back in February. I mean, when it, when 2018, the calendar's flipped over, it's freezing cold. We gotta do some kind of eating to sustain ourselves. We've all tried to do some kind of recovery, post-holiday season recovery, not very successfully. I'll tell you right now, when we're having <laughs> this conversation in February 2018, I will tell you I've not made very much progress in recovering my spelt shape. <laughs> But let's talk about some recipes then. Let's conquer what's going on in the food world at that moment. Rappo, always a pleasure. Thank you for joining me here on House of Cars. Thank you, Joe House. All right, big love to my friend, House of Carbs guest for life, Adam Rappaport. We're going to get into some food news here in a minute, but first, how about a quick word from some friends at Capterra? It is that time of year again when the days are shorter. Don't waste your precious daylight sifting through a sea of search results when looking for the right business software. Get home on time tonight, my friends, with Capterra.com. Whether you are a startup looking to keep track of customers, a nonprofit hoping to have a record fundraising year, or a business that simply needs better payroll software, you need software and Capterra's got you covered. Search Capterra's 400 categories of software. That's a lot of categories covering a lot of business needs, my friends. Discover the right tool for your business. Anything from email marketing to scheduling to accounting and beyond. Capterra makes it easy to find whatever it is that you may be looking for. Thousands of ratings and reviews from actual software users just like you. And best of all, Capterra is absolutely free. That's F-R-E-E, free. 2018 will be here before you know it. So make sure you've got the software your business needs today to help you do what you do better. Join the millions who use Capterra. That's Capterra, C-A-P-T-E-R-R-A.com slash carbs. Capterra.com slash carbs. Friends, today's show also brought to you by the good people at Sleep Number. The Sleep Number bed lets me choose the comfort and support that is right for me. My Sleep Number 
my friends. The setting there is a nice 35. I like it a little soft. My hips, my golf hips need to rest and relax. Sleep IQ score 83 last night. I'm pretty happy with that. The nice thing about sleep number, it adjusts on each side, so it is the perfect bed for couples. Their newest beds are so smart, they actually sense your every move and automatically adjust so you stay sleeping comfortably throughout the night. They even have an adjustment for snoring. Very important to the missus. She's very happy about that adjustment. Sleep number beds cost about the same as traditional mattresses, but they last twice as long. And 91% of owners of the sleep number beds recommend them. Really nice promotion. Come in right now, my podcast pals, for exclusive saving just for military and veterans. We obviously support that kind of promotion here at House of Carbs right now. I'm pleased to announce it's the semi-annual sale where you will find clearance savings of 600 bucks. That's $600 on a Sleep Number mattress with Sleep IQ technology. You will only find Sleep Number at any of the 550 Sleep Number stores nationwide. That's a lot of stores, pals. Visit sleepnumber.com to find the store near you. And please be sure to tell them House of Carbs sent you. All right, Hungry Homies, as we do every single week here on House of Carbs, it is now time for some food news. Always, we have our good pal, Juliet Littman, managing editor at The Ringer and host or co-host of about 14 different podcasts. Hi, Juliet. Hi, House. How are you? I am I am surviving is the best way to say it, because there is still in my house one week later so much effing Halloween candy and I don't, I can't stop myself from eating it. Every night, 1230 at night, midnight, I'm watching the late shows. It is that that little bit of, of pre-bedtime hunger pangs creep up. And there's a great big giant bag of candy sitting. I know it. It's two rooms away. And I go in there. And next thing you know, there's five Milky Ways in my hand. Well, I'm having a similar experience here at the Ringer office. There's just so much damn candy around. I had like, <laughs> I had multiple Snickers today, and yeah. I, I had a Twix, but I ate it the normal way, not the Mallory Rubin way. God, Zooks, Mallory Rubin with that <laughs> Twix eating. I, I, I put that out of my mind immediately. I can't even. I don't even want to visualize it. On that note, maybe we begin with some candy news. Let's do it. This is uh, a game changer for the first time in 20 years. 20. Hershey's is releasing a new candy bar. It's called the Hershey's Gold Peanuts and Pretzels. And uh, this is the this is what the, how the company describes it. Or we use a proprietary cooking process to transform the white cream into a golden bar by caramelizing the cream, which helps maintain a sweet, creamy taste. This is something Melinda Lewis, a senior director and general manager of the Hershey's franchise at the Hershey's Company, explained of the bar's base. So let, let me just back up a little bit. Food & Wine says that Hershey's Gold has a satisfying crunch, while the saltiness of the peanuts and the pretzels give the bar a savory taste that isn't overpowering. One may miss the chocolate foundation that Hershey's usually surprised, but the caramelized cream hasn't lost the Hershey's chocolate signature creaminess. It still tastes like a Hershey's product, even if there isn't any chocolate in it. So this is interesting to me because I'm a big texture eater. Like, texture is very important to me. It's like one of the first things I notice. Is that 
I like to think that makes me special, but perhaps that's how everyone eats. I don't really know. <laughs> but I think that chocolate texture in the candy space is so specific to a kind of candy bar that I'm, like, eager to taste this. Like, will I be tricked into thinking it's chocolatey or will the, the taste of pretzel and peanut be so overwhelming that I'm like, oh, no, this is totally new? I think the latter. I don't think this – it strikes me without um, having put one piece of this in my mouth <laughs> that it's not going to taste like chocolate at all. My, my, I'm preparing myself for this idea of this 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 gold chocolate, which is not chocolate uh, in the least bit because there's no cocoa in it. Um, that it's a, you know, it's like a, 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 I don't know what to liken it to, something like a creamy um, kind of sweetness, but that the peanut and the pretzel are going to dominate. And I guess this is the thing that distinguishes it from a take five, because take five is already... A perfectly satisfactory, and I'm sorry that it didn't make an appearance in our conversation last week with Mallory, a perfectly satisfactory chocolate bar with pretzels and peanuts. Yeah, it's fine. I don't love it, but it's fine. That's the way I feel like I'm going to react to this Hershey's Gold, to be honest with you. I'm curious about it. I I think A buttery taste, right? Yeah, buttery taste. Caramelized cream, Hershey's. There's just kind of like a lot going on. Like this, So we have caramelized cream and peanuts and pretzels. Like maybe that's just a little bit too much. One of the reasons the Hershey's bar is so good is it's just straight up chocolate. If it was just caramel with peanuts and pretzels and I got caramel and salt, like th- those two, that is one of the nice innovations of the last half decade. The, the fact that um, purveyors of sweet have come to realize how important it is to get caramel and salt together yeah it's a, a salt, beautiful a salt, marriage a salty note is definitely important a top note exactly. of salt that's it <laughs> i'm uh, doing my salt bay i'm doing my salt bay over here i'm doing it as well i i got you <laughs> um okay next piece of news off to japan where we often go when it comes to food news because they are true, true. innovators they, they'll try time, any they'll try anything in japan they really yes. will um, this reminds me of the famous line from Sex and the City when Samantha said that she's a trisexual. She'll try anything. Um, mm. <laughs> and this is what's going on in Japan. They apparently love KFC there. And so the fast food chain has turned its signature fried chicken into a chicken-scented bath bomb. The fast food chain in Japan released a product that promises to cause an explosion of the 11 secret herbs and spices. Fried chicken lovers will get their chicken finger-licking hands on the latest piece of merchandise and their names are drawn in a lottery. It's so desired that you have to get it through a lottery. It's not even enough for everyone. Um KFC Japan has teamed up with Japanese novelty retailers Village Vanguard to launch the latest campaign that runs through November 15th, where 100 lucky winners will enjoy the aroma of the famous chicken after they use it. So it's basically a soap uh, for your bath time. And then uh, fried chicken lovers previously went wild on social media over fried chicken scented sunscreen, flavored lip balm, and candles. So there's some precedent for this. And I just want to say this is coming to us from the Deacon Chronicle, deaconchronicle.com. Um this is interesting. Would you uh, want a bath that smelled like fried chicken? I, 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 I don't think so. <laughs> Here's the, I want to tread very carefully here, uh, and maybe the right thing to do. Do we have anybody in our ringer friends and family universe of, of Japanese descent? Who can we hit up that's, that's got some Japanese in their background? That's a great question. I'll do some research be- for us. Because there is there does seem to be... A, a cultural element to this. We we were making you know a joke about um, the Japanese as 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 innovators in this space, but I I'm truly befuddled by the idea of wanting to smell like fried chicken through the 
bathing process? Is it, let me ask this, do you, do you think it's an aphrodisiac? I mean, I'm not sure that it's not. I can't be certain. I've never tried it, but maybe. <laughs> well, look, I'll, I mean, this is not uh, going to be groundbreaking re- revelation. I've eaten fried chicken, then had sex. Like, that's, sure. th- that, those go together just fine, but not like so proximate in time. <laughs> That the grease from the delicious Popeyes still on my mouth be then turn into, you know, the the um, the intimate moment. Like sure. that's not it wasn't so proximate. I think there was a wash up and, you know, that the, we, we settled down. You have to let those mashed potatoes were, with the jalapeno yeah, gravy settle. Discrete a little events bit. is what you're saying. Yeah. So uh, the idea of carrying around that scent on your body. F- first of all, how long does it last? If you take a bath in one of these bath bombs. How long does that scent linger on, on your personage? I bet not that long, but who knows? Maybe it's special. Maybe it lasts a long time. I, I don't know. I just I uh, think there are some worse smelling aphrodisiac-like products out there, like scented candles, uh, you know, often used to set a mood. There's some yeah. really bad scented candles out there. Like, I don't, I'm not into like the grass candles or like, like, I, I don't know. I just think there's there's some worse innovations in the candle space that I, I'm I'm not willing to be like, no, this is bad. I'm kind of I'm intrigued. <laughs> Let's figure out a way to get one of these. Okay. We, this is one that we really need here on House of Carbs. Seriously. We really need to get get this into a bath. We need to smell it. We need to stick somebody in there. We need to I'll, know how I'll long wa- it lasts. I'll make my kid bathe in it. I'm fine if he smells like fried chicken. Sure. Maybe it'd make you love him even more. Yeah, I, I mean, I really, I love them a lot. I mean, if you smell like fried chicken and it smelled great, that's it, it's it. It could be unbelievable. I might try and well, I wouldn't try and eat them, but you know, the, the nighttime kisses might last a little longer. <laughs> Who knows? All right, anyway. off to another nation far away, Australia. There's an yeah. Australian alcohol coming to America, VES vodka and gin, and it's promising to be an alcohol-free, or, sorry, full of alcohol, but a hangover-free li- liquor and spirits. Um, VES founder Daryl Tomblson created these spirits using a combination of all-natural organic ingredients combined with pure water. I mean, what? who's not using pure water in their gin or vodka? Yeah, and it's based, it's based on a 1,000-year-old recipe. His goal is to create spirits that after you drink, you don't have to worry about waking up with the effects normally associated with consuming alcohol. It's been acclaimed by 1,000 testers to be hangover-free. This is a story coming to us from Food Beast. He goes on to say, we crafted VES vodka and gin to be as healthy as possible, for alcohol at least. I like that caveat. Uh, there are millions of there are millions of people worldwide who appreciate what they eat or drink can impact their health or their desire to li- to, to live the next morning. <laughs> I like this guy. I I'm not sure I believe that uh, it'll be hangover free, but a I'd love to try it because I love to drink vodka beverages. It's my as as listeners of this show probably know. It's my drink, my liquor of choice: vodka soda, splash of pineapple. Um, and I like this guy's attitude. It's funny. Or oh, their desire to live in the next morning. It's very, very funny stuff. Well, he has to, you know, come up with with such a uh, an attractive and appealing message because it's ninety nine dollars an effing bottle, Juliet. Yeah. Well, they're they're, they're selling it at a hundred bucks a pop. Sure, that's 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 a lot. Agreed. But think <laughs> about how much money people spend on like Gatorade and greasy food the next morning to to help their hangover. If you can save money on the back end, maybe you should pay more up front. I don't want to save money on the back end. <laughs> Part of the joy of getting drunk is the delicious 
terrible meal that I'm going to eat the next day. Gatorade and fried chicken, Gatorade and a greasy cheeseburger. So I, uh, I, my own self, was drunk this, this past Friday night on a wonderful Chinese food meal. Woke up the next day and went right to the Mexican restaurant at 3 o'clock for an order of quesadillas, an order of, of delicious uh, short rib tacos, <laughs> chips and guac. Chips and queso. We did the whole nine yards. That sounds delicious. Uh, I live across here in LA. A lot of things close early. Like a lot of restaurants close at like ten, and like it's absurd. Bars close at two. I am fortunate enough to live across the street from a pizza place that's open until four a.m. So it's both wonderful mm. and dangerous. And I also yeah. I literally live across the street. Like if I open up Postmates, it'll say. 300 yards away, pizza place. <laughs> I just want you to know I've still ordered it in. I've still been like, yes, please bring it to me. I can't walk 300 yards. I understand that. I am right there on board with you. I would do the very same thing myself. We need to talk to a scientist. Who do we know in the friends and regular friends and family universe who can give us some input on whether or not it's possible to deliver alcohol that doesn't uh, you know, bring along a, a hangover of some sort with it's, it? It's a good question. I think we need to keep a list of like um, our food news science questions, and then yes. we can have like a whole episode devoted to answering those questions with experts. This is a great. It's a great idea. We we talked about the. Um, the taste center, you know, who, wh- where in the country is the best place to, to taste test an, an, a food item? I, I know that was a, a topic that we discussed. So yeah, well, let's do this, uh, the science list. We have to Great. do it. I, I'm all for it. All right, one more story for you. This is a big one. I'm, I'm intrigued to hear your thoughts. So back in May, um, a few Taco Bell locations were piloting selling fries, and it was like a, it was uh, a test as um, particularly Taco Bell, but fast food places like to do. They test that up product before going wide to all their franchises a couple of days ago mark hoppus of the band blink 182 i don't know is he the crazy one um yes i believe he is crazy oh he's the crazy one he i love the song damn it but blink 182 that's a great one i also love i miss you they've just got hits anyway i don't have anything i know no complaints about blink 182 i just know one of them's crazy yeah correct so mark hoppus tweeted on october 29th Taco Bell is better than Del Taco, but Del Taco has French fries, so it's a real Sophie's choice of fast food. Kind of inappropriate, Mark Hoppus, but as we said, you're the crazy one. Taco yeah. Bell responded, that just might change soon, Mark, with then like a smirking emoji. And uh-huh. this indicates that perhaps they're going to have fries at all of their locations. Who's to say? So there's a couple different things here. They're talking about in the first place, nacho fries that they're t- testing out. And then they're they're also testing out um, pl- plain seasoned ones. I don't know. What, those are two different ideas. Either you have seasoned French fries or you have what I would think of as plain French fries, which would be salt would be the only seasoning mm-hmm. that would be appropriate. I think the idea, I think it's a perfect marriage. I absolutely endorse the idea of and I, I personally, what I would find most appealing is what I'll describe as a plain French fry, uh, a, a fried potato sliced thin into a you know fry shape and seasoned only with salt to go alongside you know three or four. I'll have a couple of gorditas. I have a, you know um, some of your basic uh, supreme tacos and then whatever else jumps off the page at me. I think French fries and Taco Bell go wonderfully together the idea of it well i like del taco i I also live very close to del taco have you ever been there i have not del tacos they have like some good like cheesy fries they they 
they have a good menu. So I su- I support it. Taco Bell is better quality and better food than Del Taco, but the Del Taco menu like just hits a lot of cravings because it combines like more typical fast food with like the Mexican fast, like what is inspired. I'm going to call it Mexican inspired because it's like almost an insult to actually good Mexican food. But sure, <laughs> sure. anyway, I also And the fries live- at Del Taco are cheesy? Yeah, they have like some cheesy fries. They have all, they have like regular fries too. Yeah, regular. That's what I want. I yeah. want regular. They have they have both. And so, but it's like a good move. And Del Taco is almost, it's like a, a true guilty pleasure. Like I will never admit to eating there, but um I although I guess I just have. <laughs> However, <laughs> you just did. They have really good carnitas tacos. Like they're only like for oh. one month out of the year. Now and you're talking. They're really really good. Like when it's carnitas yeah. season, you've got to go. That's that's okay. and it was like a couple months. It was a couple weeks ago. So uh, is it's come and gone already. I yeah, missed it. It's come and gone. Oh, that's it, it's Taco Bell's Next experimenting. I, I'm just going to say a I'm little a, heads up. I'm worried about Taco Bell because last week in Wisconsin, in advance of Halloween, they were testing a Taco Bell Kit Kat quesadilla. Nah. And I'm just a little worried about all this experimentation. It just suggests to me that on the one hand, it's positive that like they're trying to continue to innovate. But on the other hand, I'm just like, should I be worried about you guys? Are you fighting for customers? Yeah, this is the thing. You don't want them to go in the direction of McDonald's, where McDonald's is constantly you know, throwing stuff out there to see if they can create something that sticks. I mean, I had the sriracha chicken. It was fine. You know, the buttermilk, they, they tried their version of a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich. It was fine. You know, they, they, uh, fortunately, I heard that they just brought back a McRib. Now that's a McDonald's, you know, now, now, that, now you're talking bread and, bread and butter McDonald's and bringing ba- that back in limited batches obviously makes sense. But we don't want Taco Bell. Now they, Taco Bell, to its credit, constantly innovates. I mean, you know, some of their iconic dishes now are things that, that have come up in the last 15 years. So I do endorse. Taco Bell doing stuff like the crispy chicken quesadilla. That's that's an on-brand, right down the middle, you know, mini innovation. Uh, the Crunchwrap Supreme, that's something that didn't exist, you know, 15 years ago. I I heartily applaud that. The Double Dia, that's a double uh, quesadilla. Obviously, that makes a ton of sense. But I don't want this Kit Kat stuff. That's a little too, I A bridge don't know. too far. That's it. You said it. <laughs> I think we've done it. We've done it. Another glorious food news. Thanks, Juliet. Thanks for having me, House, as always. All right, my famished friends, my hungry homies, thank you so much again for the list of the House of Carbs, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Please keep up all of the outstanding belly sourcing. The Instagram has been blowing up, but we've been trying to get your pictures out as quickly as we can. The Instagram, at the House of Carbs, that's the place to send your pics. Don't be shy. We want them from everywhere, domestic, international. If you got food on Mars, we want to see a picture of it. Send it to us. As always, please give us a review on the iTunes and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. We shall be back next week with another episode. Until then, my friends, let's stay hungry out there.